Can you relate to this over here? Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it's the Ready? 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. We've got a full house here. we got uh, Mark, Steve, Keith, uh, Tom's brother Scott, Tom, Bill, and Robert. Um, uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Uh, actually, we just do the gospel reading. He okay. printed it out, the whole thing for you. So you take that with you. Someone here. It's the gospel. Chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and also a wealthy man was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Gospel of the Lord. So he was the first man to go out on a limb for the Lord. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> I appreciate it. Never heard that. Yeah, I heard a priest that's good. San Diego say that. <laughs> that's going to stick in my mind now. That's good, though. And I believe that's how uh, Philip was in the tree too. Uh, he, uh, with Philip, it was that Jesus, when he met him, told him, he said, I saw you sitting under the tree. Um, but, uh, oh, he was sitting under the tree. Uh, by himself, and Jesus knew it, because, and he said, I, uh, I don't know. It wasn't exactly the same as this. But. Yeah, and, and, that's, and, and, and to remember, you know, I always write down, that I give myself a quiz of who the apostles are, and I put down Fig Tree Phil. Every time, like when I see Phil when he comes on, I, that's that's how I remember Philip, Fig Tree, because I saw you under the tree, so he went under the rock. I'm, I'm, guys, uh, Keith, start us off with that, because Keith has. Yeah, I, I have a few commentaries here. If we if we sure. kind of get off track, or if we you know run out of uh, analysis, we can turn to these books for some analysis. But um, my uh, a couple things that jumped out at me was um. One was that it says that Jesus was originally uh, planning on, uh, you know, going through the town and not staying over. And uh, I think, you know, and, and so it was something that Zacchaeus did that caused him to, to um, you know, uh, you know uh, kind of uh, 
this is interesting. Yesterday, Mark was talking. Uh, Mark and I were kind of talking about this, and he initially was kind of like thinking of Zacchaeus making these promises of doing things kind of like um, as a as an act of repentance. But but I and it, I guess you know it is. But I look at it more as um, that what happened is Zacchaeus. You know, like Bill said, went out on a limb for Jesus. But it was more so that. Um, when Jesus calls people to repentance, he gives them the opportunity, to, he kind of like tests their faith. And if they have faith in him, then he rewards that faith. And that's what happened with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you know, was curious about Jesus, and, and Jesus knows everyone's hearts and things like that. And so he knew that Zacchaeus, um, you know, kind of you know, gave a little bit of faith, at least a leap of faith, in, in a little bit, in that he, 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 you know, even though he was short and had trouble seeing him, he was like, I'm going to climb this tree. I'm going to, I'm going to make an act of faith because I want to see this guy. And so then Jesus rewarded that faith. And then Zacchaeus, you know, uh, by giving of himself, like, you know, Jesus was like, I'm going to stay here. Like, I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to give you my attention. And Zacchaeus was like, well, I'm going to give all this stuff to people. And I'm going to, and so it was kind of like a, um, uh, like a, a rewarding of, 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 you know, kind of like love, I feel like, was like, Jesus uh, loved the sinner of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus responded with love himself, and uh, and that's what you know kind of happens with conversion. And, and I do think that you know, uh, in a lot of the stories in the Gospels, Jesus uh, rewards people who who take the first you know uh, who take the first step of trust in Him. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts like similar to that, or because when Mark was originally talking to me about this, it was kind of like, oh, as if Zacchaeus only said he was going to give his possessions, you know, uh, because he was ashamed or something like that, of the fact that he was a tax collector and had skin off the top. But I didn't look at it like that, as, as a, that he, I don't think he was ashamed as much as that he had always wanted to kind of change his life, and this was like the opportunity for him to do that. Yeah, I like the fact that um, you guys know that what, since he was a tax collector, just like Matthew, one of the apostles, um, people just despised the tax collectors because they were working for Rome. Mm -hmm. And they were collecting all their money, and they couldn't even afford it, but they had to give the money over anyway. And so I'm, I'm thinking of him in a situation, the fact that he was despised so much by all the people, but he, he put himself out there. And the crowd saw him, and, but it didn't matter because his focus was on Christ. The fact that when he called out to him, just amazing so I kind of like trying to put myself in the same not that any of us here maybe I don't know but I don't think any of us are just as despised as that particular tax collector was um, so why don't we do the same thing just take a leap of faith and whatever it is in life in terms of leap of faith and then just see what happens but I like your idea of the reward thing that the fact that put yourself out there for God and then you know whatever the reward might be just accept that and just move on Brian, comment? Or uh, you're a Scotty. Hey, Scott. Scott. Uh, does there have to be a reward? You know, concerned. It was, see, I wonder, does this, you know, gentleman show up later? Was he really true to this? Was he just kind of, was it a PR move? Mm -hmm. Let me do this so yeah. people get off my back? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it was a really faithful thing, um, is this where tithing came from? I don't know. 
just giving of yourself, even if you don't have it necessarily, because God, it's going to come back to you somehow, eventually, hopefully through salvation. Yeah. Um, I hope that's what you live up to. I mean, yes, you're an attorney, aren't you? No. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like the counselor at our meeting. Are you? I've had to deal with some attorneys. (laughs) No. What do you think, Rob? Well, I could always identify with the the stature of Zacchaeus. (laughs) Being a short person. Where's a sycamore tree you can climb up? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so I always get a kick out of that Bible talking about short people. Um, so, um, well, I just think that uh, it's just another example of that Jesus can do whatever he wants in people's lives. I, I'm not even certain that Zacchaeus was fully compliant, complicit in what he was doing because, you know, Jesus was using him to get his message across, too. He knows will will be more impactful on people going forward. So, so that could be one of them, right? That's what Jesus said. This man too is a descendant of Abraham. Right, right. Um, but he could have picked anybody, right? But he but right. the whole story is about the guy being in the tree and the guy being a tax collector. He, he could have picked somebody who was you know sitting on the curb, you know, who was uh, you know a baker or something. But no, he, I mean whole thing was you know here's a guy who was uh, striving to see the Lord which is what we're doing and the Lord took him up on it so yeah maybe just the fact that he went out of his way to do that and then Christ noticed that and there's a quote in my head it's a sportscaster um, why not go out on a limb isn't that where the fruit is you know so I don't know if there's any fruit on the tree where Zacchaeus was, but um, yeah, maybe the passage is telling us to go out of our way. It's going to be uncomfortable. You guys know that. Yeah, yeah. Just the way our society is. Versus, I mean, look what Christ did. I mean, we're talking about one of the most radical persons on the planet. Sure. Like spreading the word of the fact that he is God. And so, what are you guys talking about? And also, um, you know, it kind of says at the end of this that he came, Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. So imagine, you know, so Zacchaeus, you know, a sinner, uh, is open to being saved to the point where, you know, he, he is, you know, climbing a tree just to see Jesus. And imagine if Jesus walked by and didn't, didn't say anything to him, you know, that, that wouldn't be coming to see and say what was lost. But, you know, because, uh, so it was, it was kind of like because of who Jesus is, he, 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 he couldn't just walk by and let, and let it be. He was like... Uh, you, know, you know, his mission was for, you know, to, re- to and maybe reward isn't the greatest word for it, but to, um, um, you know, uh, um, you know encourage, encourage repentance, or, I don't know. I, I like the fact, I'm reading it again, um, it says, uh, you know, Jesus says, come down quickly. First thing he says after that, 
I'm staying at your house tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? So interesting. It's, I must stay at your house. Exactly. Yeah, the word. Yeah. Right, right. You have no choice. I'm coming, man. That's it. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah, and twice he made reference to that. Today I must stay at your house. And then he goes on to say salvation has come to this house. He was, he was, he, he wasn't even concerned about Zacchaeus in the gospel, about his wealth or his whatever he was doing or not doing, but he, he said, I'm staying at your house. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> right. that's, that, that, that's, uh, what, do you, what do you think there, Mr. Higgins? That's pretty cool to be able to say, yeah. stay at your house, man. Well, I think that, he, you know, that Jesus always, he always knows what he's dealing with. You know, he knows you before you even realize that you know yourself. Um, and uh, he sees right into uh, Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. Sees right into him. And uh, then he calls him a son of Abraham. And when I think of that, being a son of Abraham, I think of Jesus talking to his Pharisees and the Pharisees saying, well, we're sons of Abraham. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I forget what the context was, but they were acting like, you know, we're all saved because we're descendants of Abraham. We're sons of and Abraham, uh, I think when Jesus is talking about, uh, he, he's coming here to restore what, what has been lost. You know, people who fall away from the um, essence of Abraham, you know, and Abraham's relationship with God, he's calling them back to, he already sees that in, in Zacchaeus. Why he calls him down from the tree and invites himself over to his house. So, and then I think the Pharisees lost that, you know, that true son of Abraham because they, 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 they couldn't recognize that Jesus is the son, of, is the truth. Uh, but Zacchaeus sees it, and uh, just like us, we're not, we're not sons of Abraham in a. In a Hereditary sense, but we're we, we're no, sons of. Abraham. We know we're not. Well, it, well, I'm in the genealogy, so that's. At least we. Somebody we, in this room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least we don't see it that way. Well, I know, uh, but, but, but you could you could very well be right. Yeah. Well, yeah we're the sons of Abraham, right? Yeah, I believe so. But or, in spirit, also, I mean, mm -hmm. DNA versus spirit. You know, we could be true sons of Abraham in a, in a spiritual sense. Because sal Christ opened salvation to us. Well, you know, Abraham came after the great flood, right? Yeah. We all go back to Noah and his three sons. Yeah, I mean, I think in the sons of Abraham, it's actually more important to be the sons of Abraham in the spiritual sense because that's, you know, I think when I think of Abraham, I think of that he put his faith in God through, you know, uh, the various trials, uh, including you know having Isaac and then you know, being willing to trust God with even sacrificing Isaac, and so like, we had the same kind of you know crazy trust in God through thick and thin. And, and that's when I think of being a son of Abraham. That's what it is. It's just you trust in God. I'm thinking when I um, think about Zacchaeus being in the tree and Jesus noticing him and, and that right. So he, he goes out of his way to find those people that uh, 
um, are seeking him out that normal, ordinary people wouldn't think would be the people that are seeking him out. Remember that when he when he um, he says, "Who is it touched my cloak?" Right? Uh, Who yeah. touched yeah. my cloak? Yeah. Right? The lady was just part of the crowd, right? right. Just a uh, whatever, you know. And but he knew, he knew he had yeah. to pick on us, right? Yeah. And um, and that's what he did with Zacchaeus too. Yeah, I was thinking of that. And the, me too, in the back of my mind. But. And the woman at the well. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things like that, right? Yeah. But that was more of a one-on-one thing, right? The woman at the well. So that was a little bit easier, right? But he knew everything about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, and he knew the way he touched the hem of his garment. Mm-hmm. And he said he felt that. Jesus yeah. made comment that he felt that. I have a question for all you guys here. It says, and this is something that's always... Not puzzled me, but he said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. He didn't say who, because I always think of who the person. But he here he says what was lost. So to me, when he says what, that encompasses everything. So you know, it's it's to me it's more than a person. What do, what do you guys think he's referring to when he's saying what was lost? I think he's referring to the truth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you get back to the Israelites, they constantly lost their faith in God. That's the, the whole yeah. Testament is like everybody falling away from their faith. And then, boom, Christ comes along, and that, that just changed everything. And then Christ comes along at a time when, when they had institutionalized the legalistic view of the faith in the, in the Pharisees. Yeah. And that's not the true Abraham, you know? Yeah. Uh, Christ said that if, if if you were sons of Abraham, then you would know who I am, and you don't. When I think of that, uh, some say what was lost, I think of like the human race. I go back to the fall with Adam and Eve, because okay. uh, that's when we got lost, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's when we fell and got lost. And sometimes I think I'm like, you know, I don't know uh, if there are beings who, who didn't fall, like other, other than, you know, the good angels. Um, or, you know, it, it, like, are, are there other, like, human-like beings who never fell, like, on other planets or something like that? I don't know. It's technically possible. Scott, you want to weigh in here? I was just going to say, you, you mean, in the sense, I guess, uh, like, falling out of grace? Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, was there any, I don't know, but were there any historical things happening then, you know, when he says what was lost? Mm-hmm. I don't know, when Jesus was around. Could it be, like, a, a double meaning that he's trying to get across. I don't know. I don't know nothing about it. Yeah, but you guys bring up good points about faith, about the human race, our fall from grace, you know, so it's encompassing everything, uh, you know, not in addition to the person. Uh, I do really like th- thinking about um, what uh, Robert and Steve were talking about, about how, you know, Jesus knows people's hearts, because it is in a lot of the gospels where he has this one one and he knows things about people and i feel like that's why you know the everyone has a personal relationship with god and um and that personal relationship uh like you know so god knows like we um you know without god's grace we can't do anything so if we, anyone we see on the street we could be just like them if we didn't have you know the blessings and and, and graces that god has given us throughout our lives and we don't know what they've been through. We don't know, you know, their inmost desires. Like, let's take Zacchaeus. You know, he's a tax collector. He probably, 
he was very wealthy, so he probably took money from people. But we don't know what, like, you know, his thought process was, if, you know, what his, you know, everyone has a conscience, and so we don't know, was he going against his conscience doing that, or, or, or for mysterious purposes, did God, uh, you know, uh, not, um, uh, you know, did, did God, you know, permit him to not feel like what he was doing was wrong? Uh, and so, like, when he says that he's going to um, give half of his possessions to the poor and give, you know, double to anyone he's cheated or things like that, I frequently think of it's like, I think God was working this like up until that moment that like you know the Holy Spirit or or you know uh, God working through Zacchaeus's conscience was like was fertilizing the soil of Zacchaeus's soul for that moment when God came and when God came uh, he you know Zacchaeus was ripe for for conversion and responded accordingly um, and I think that that happens in everyone's you know whenever there's a conversion of someone. Uh, particularly ones that look dramatic, uh, that it's not that it's actually been happening slowly over time with that person's soul, but we don't see that because it's just like you know an invisible relationship with God. I was thinking that uh, in the back of my mind when I was listening to the gospel the first time, I was kind of wondering about grace. I was wondering the same thing: did God give him the grace to? Act the way he did, and think what he thought. Can we go to the book yet, Keith? Sure, sure. I got a few books here. I'm gonna go to. I'll go to this blue one here. It's usually pretty, pretty um. The law book. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it explains clearly. Why oh, not? That's a good book. Yeah. Okay, this one says. This passage appears only in Luke and concludes what many scholars have called the Lucan Gospel of the Outcast. Its singular character lies in the fact that Luke, who devotes the whole tone of his gospel towards embracing the poor and lowly, includes this passage, which focuses on the salvation of the rich and powerful. Unlike the rich official in chapter 18, Zacchaeus does not depend on his wealth and status, but on God's loving mercy to gain entry into the kingdom. Tax collecting was a lucrative business. Romans used to sell the office to the highest bidder. For his part, the tax collector would then have to pay his contracted amount to the Romans, as well as collect the fiscal revenues for them. Anything over and beyond the, those sums was his to keep. Failing to meet his payments would mean the Romans would confiscate his property and sell him and his family into slavery. Zacchaeus' position as the chief tax collector meant that lesser officials would have bidden for their offices from him, and if they did not produce the payments, Zacchaeus would have applied the appropriate penalties. In a word, Zacchaeus was very wealthy, and the resentment against him would have been very strong. Despite his, despite his occupation, Zacchaeus is determined to see Jesus, even if it means looking foolish in doing so. Scholars are divided on whether to read the verbs give and repay, which grammatically are in the present tense in Greek, as present or future. In other words, is Zacchaeus boasting of present practices or making a statement of repentance to guide his future action? His hasty explanation to Jesus is heartfelt, for it would be of no advantage to him, an extortionist, to heed a wandering prophet or wonder worker. Furthermore, the fact that he does, that he does show knowledge of wrongdoing 
manifests the salvation that is visiting him. If Jesus comes to seek and save what was lost, Zacchaeus must be a sinner. Zacchaeus the sinner can make a claim of being a descendant of Abraham, and his earnest desire to get a glimpse of Jesus is proof enough that this is what he desires. Yeah, so I guess we kind of missed that part that he's not just a tax collector, he's the chief tax collector. Uh, so he's a big box. He like rides lower. And, and there was a stiff penalty there. Uh, they're talking about selling your kids off and stuff. If you don't pay Slavery, yeah. But man, that's... High stakes risk going on. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I don't really want to make light of it or anything, but in that uh, uh, TV show that we watched, The Chosen, they throw like a, a kind of in a humorous way because like when Peter, he was really struggling, like and, and they had payments, you know, the house payment, the boat and stuff. And the Romans sitting there and these guys are saying, you're killing us with these taxes, man. And you know, in the Jew, like Matthew would be there, Zacchaeus, and the Roman guy sitting there just, just, just like Scotty with his with his hands <laughs> like this, and, and 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 they're complaining about these taxes and, and everything we got to pay. And Roman says, "Well, what do you think you could do, Peter?" And you know they're 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 like in a sweat because you know, hey, look, when you can't pay the bills and stuff, it, it really wears on you, you know. And and the Roman guy says, "Catch more fish," yeah, you know, it, it was that it, it was that simple. To, to a Roman, you, you know, and, and, and but, but they almost did it like in an entertaining way, you, you, you know, and, and like the Romans, they just ran roughshod over them, and, and <coughs> like when Mary Magdalene was acting out, and, and, and she had her exorcism and stuff, the Romans sent in um, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, that's correct, Thomas, yeah, it was Nicodemus, and like Nicodemus didn't want to go in. Because it says, "Oh my God, I got to square off against the devil here," yeah. you, you know. And, and, the, and the Romans said, "You, you don't understand, Nicodemus. Either you're going to go in there, or we're going to go in and burn the place down." I mean, that's just, you, you, you know, it was very. They they just wanted to to keep a peace with the Jewish people, everything nice and smooth, just like the boss man. You know, he wants everything to run nice and smooth and keep collecting that money, you know, that money, as long as that keeps coming in and everything, they didn't want any turmoil, but, you know, the Jews, um, Caiaphas, you know, he, he was the first mobster, you know, he played both ends, he, you know, you know he, he said, hey, you want to keep the peace, you're going to, you know, you're going to give us whatever, because we're giving you all this tax money, so that's, that's, uh, that, that's the way I look at Caiaphas. Do you want to keep on going in terms of what happened? They weren't able to get all the fish. Do you want to keep going with the story? It's, it's really cool. I mean, basically, they were at a loss. He was going to lose everything, Peter and his wife. And um, so the final straw was they saw Jesus on the... Um, he was preaching, and Jesus stopped and came over and go cast your nets. You guys, I think, know the story. Go cast your nets over there. Come on, are you kidding me? We did this all night. Nothing right, right. in there. And all of a sudden... Boat is overflowing with fish, and that's when Peter realized that yeah, this is him. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Is that is that what is that? Yeah. Is that connected to there? Hey, that happened to Keith down at Pornicut Lake. They were jumping he, in the boat. Yeah. He shot this, uh, this huge, huge uh, striped bass. Oh man! <laughs> first just, time fishing. Too. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, and, and he he had the dress. Yeah, he he had he had a, he had a casual look on with his face, and he was it, it, he was like a model, man. He he was like braced <laughs> when when that when that was coming. It was it was it was the neatest yeah, thing I awesome. ever saw. And then yeah, and then <laughs> and then Mr. Higgins was 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 down there to you know do do the unhooking. And let me tell you, I had that good one of the few things that I have remaining. I had that good knife for carving thing. And let me tell you, man, I came this close to wanting to get a cooler and just cut that sea bass up. <laughs> I was going to do it right there, but people started to come over. And I noticed all the state police that were out there, and they were... Uh, on the boat. Out there. Uh, on the boat, they, and they were checking, because there's a minimum, sure. e even on the ocean. Yeah, it it might have been an inch or two short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I, I could have cut them up quick, and they wouldn't still have been He's still a monster. Oh. That, that little sucker was fat like a... Oh, he, oh, I mean, you, 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 you could have thrown him on the grill with blue red fish. Yeah. That's so yeah. yeah. He, I'm telling you, that was, that was, uh, that was, for us guys, it was, it was, uh, it was really, and he brought him up, he brought him up from the, from the, uh, okay, yeah, off of the bulkhead, and that's difficult to do because you got to come, well, yeah, you got to come straight up with him and yeah. then you spit the hook. You know, and when you're on the beach and stuff, you, they actually drag them in, and they kind of wash up on the beach. Where here, you're you're bringing them up off the off the bulkhead. But I I, I didn't want to get uh, sidetracked with you, but we were we were talking about that, and I didn't know that Thomas how that tied in. See you, you you, you tied that in. I mean, I I forget the exact words in, in scripture, but that's that's when he asked them to follow him, like Peter. And what I don't know what he said. I forget what. Either follow me or come follow me or something. Like that. And, and I like to ask questions, and I, I'm going to throw it back to you in a floor. But what did Jesus mean was salvation? What 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 what, 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 do, you, what do you mean by salvation has come to salvation has come to this apartment? Thank God, still here, <laughs> right? Jesus, what, what 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 is meant by salvation has come to this? What, what does what does that mean? I look at it as you know. Uh, so we're all sinners, and we're kind of like under, I forget the term that it is, like concupiscence. Concupiscence. Yeah, so we all have kind of like this uh, inclination to sin for some reason, and, uh, and salvation is, you know, freeing us from sin. Freeing um, us from like, sin. Like, you know, not meaning, I mean, I guess, I think on earth we still have that, uh, we got a battle against that, but, um, but like the forgiveness of sins, you know, Cleanses us from our past sins, and 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 uh, so that's um, and I think salvation is, the, is kind of like the promise of of uh, being saved from our sins. Um, but I can read another another analysis here if you guys are interested. Sure. Um, this one uh, says uh, leaders to be effective need to base their leadership on something deeper than opinion polls and popularity ratings. Jesus had attracted a crowd as he made his way to Jerusalem. Previous passages call it a great crowd. Perhaps it was a member of this crowd who pointed Zacchaeus out to Jesus and mentioned what an evil man he was. Tax collectors made their handsome livings by requiring the people to pay more taxes than, Roman, than Rome demanded and then skimming off the excess for themselves. That's how the Roman authorities kept the tax collectors in tow. In any case, when Jesus 
decided to go over to Zacchaeus' house. The crowd was appalled. They all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at a sinner's house. If Jesus had cared more for what people said about him than for what God was asking of him, Zacchaeus would have continued in his sin, and the countryside would have continued to suffer from his injustice. But Jesus knew his mission, and he didn't let vain gossip and opposition deter him from it. He is the Lord, and he will rule his kingdom according to his own standards, whether or not everyone else is comfortable with it. True Christians will do likewise. But truly effective leadership, from Christ's perspective, also requires truly caring for others, a trait Jesus exemplifies here yet again. Zacchaeus didn't know that he was in dire need of a spiritual renewal, or perhaps he did know, deep down, but Christ recognized it immediately. Even though he had intended to pass through the town, Christ changes his plan and invites himself over for dinner at the unpopular tax collector's house. Come down, hurry, he told Zacchaeus, expressing his eager desire to bring salvation to this man's house. And Zacchaeus hurried down and welcomed him joyfully. Jesus continues to do the same thing with us, going out of his way to bring us the light and strength we need to live in accordance with God's hope for us. And if we, like Zacchaeus, come quickly and receive God's advances with joy, salvation will come to our house too. I could, uh, I'm just thinking the visual, I, I love TV preachers, even though, you know, we know some of them are bad guys, but uh, I could see a priest, preacher, just having an entire sermon, like, like when are you coming down yeah. from the tree, man? Yeah. When are you going to be ready? <laughs> Uh, we're all sinners, but maybe you're really off track. You were on track, now you're not, or you're never on track with Jesus. When are you coming down, man? The Lord, he's waiting for you. Uh, the world's here. you got to do good. If you're, I, I know I work for a nonprofit. Uh, three years in a row, I opened this one guy's envelope. Three, three $1 bills. That's all he gave. He's, he wrote a note on a post-it. This is all I have. Fixed income, I hope it does good. By the same token, there were millionaire donors. To get 50 bucks out of them, you had to like wrestle them to the ground. So it's like, when is that person's moment? I, I think the other guy, and I talked to him, a wonderful guy, Catholic guy, and I would say, you're, you're just doing good, mate. No, it's only three hours. No. Jesus knows, man. You, something is inside of you that says, I got to do this. Uh, and by the, so, yeah, it's like when, are, are we all on the right path? Do we need a reminder sometimes to listen to Jesus, to see someone and say, you know what, i got to do more. I mean, I'm sure all you guys are good guys. You're doing great stuff. Um, but other people, you know, maybe they need a reminder. Come down from that tree, man. Jesus is waiting. To, to keep going on that, um, two things. In the very beginning, I, I could have stopped here for about 20 seconds. That could have been a sermon, you know. I think that would resonate with people if they're shorter, but that's just my opinion. And then second, when we were on retreat last weekend, several of us here were there. Uh, it came up again about um, having an accountability partner. That's that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. And that's not a negative thing. It's, no, that, that's a positive God. thing. The fact that it could be a text message, could be a phone call, let's go meet for coffee. You don't even have to say it. The fact that I'm holding you accountable is just talk about your faith. <laughs> It'll keep everybody grounded. I'm going to interrupt. He gave me a call this week, Mark. I'll tell you. Nice. 
No, it was good and bad. It was all good. Uh huh. But I love the fact he told me some things I needed to hear. Because mm -hmm. he's known me for some years now. So. Yeah, and I have some follow up to that if you have time <laughs> later on. <laughs> it's already no, it's already in my head. I'm gonna yeah, I'm saying. Having okay. a chat, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. And you gotta tell me too, because again, like Keith, man, I listen to this guy like it's coming from heaven itself because he talks about awesome. the big the tapestry, and he finds a way because you know from the beating that I've taken, you know the glass goes from half full to like half empty, and like he says, brother, big tapestry, and that. Will get me out of my depression like that, just 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 talking about it because he, he he, he talks about you know, and, and and Timothy his brother, how does how did Timothy quote that? It is God's will. Timothy Timothy they, they have these blue piercing eyes, and like Timothy he could joke around and stuff. Smart kid, all yeah. these they're educated, and he just looked right through me one time and he said it's God's will. Yeah, we actually talked about this last uh, last week, uh, and so uh, I was saying how you know God has the active and passive will, uh, and and um, so in that sense, even things that you know, even the bad stuff that God allows to happen, uh, is part of God's like, passive will. But He's able to make good things come out of bad stuff, yeah. and and so that's you know why we have have faith in Him. Yeah. And, and just now, and that it's like okay. I feel like I got a boulder I'm carrying here. Yeah. That Jesus says, "Oh, my burden's light." Well, it must be me making it, making mm -hmm. it heavy, yeah. doing something. So we gotta, we gotta try to fix that. So. so the one thing you said about it's coming from above, like when Keith speaks, I believe that's true because I believe that's the Holy Spirit, like working through him or any of us. And and, and you too, Tom. You too. When Thanks. I when I when I listen to you guys, that's why I like to come here, go to the men's group. And that's why I ask questions. It may sound very, very simple, very, you know, too simplistic. But I learned, this is the way I learn. Because I, I, I listen to you guys. You know, good Christian-based guys. You know, everybody has flaws and stuff. But, but still, this is, you know, just, just keep reading out of, out of those. Uh, uh, are they encyclicals? Uh, or? No, these are Bible commentary. Yeah, Bible commentary. And, and that's why I get so excited for this. I mean, I, I, it's a privilege for me to be here right now to be able to do this. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, it, it, I, I look forward to this, like going to the World Series. And that was kind of key to me. The World Series is on tonight, by the way. It's not on Sunday. It's a travel day. Travel day. And Keith opened up the place, so bring your pizza. There's enough seats to go around, I think we... We said that, but, but back to the Zacchaeus and Jesus in the reading uh, of, 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 a, of a gospel message. Um, uh, you know, Jesus was very, Jesus is very firm and focused on what he, not not what he wants, but what is, is happening. And he, he's, he's not, he's never, ever been wishy-washy on anything. Boom. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. And then later he says, Salvation has come to this house. And there was no more mention about Zacchaeus. He didn't, even though Zacchaeus was opening up saying, Hey, if I wronged anybody, I'm going to do this. And Zacchaeus is kind of like, you know, talking about it. And, and it's all good. You know, Zacchaeus is excited. People are excited. You know, they see this, but, you know, they say, Oh, he's going with the sinner. But 
you know, Jesus was a radical man. He was overcoming and fulfilling the Old Testament and overcoming all that negativity about, well, why is this guy handicapped because of it? No, it's not because of the sins. That's just the way it is. So me hobbling around on his walker yet, you know, well, it's, you know, a lot was, well, it's because of your sinful behavior and what your father did when you were a kid. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that, you know, I, 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 can, I can boldly say, well, no, it, it's just, that, that, you know, for whatever reason. So. Actually, that's a, a good question. Uh, you brought up something I'm very interested in learning more about. So um, certain people that Jesus approached had conversions, right? Like Mary Magdalene, right? Mm-hmm. She joined a lot, right? She's what, like one of the, you know, thirteen yeah. apostles, right? Is there anyone else who joined? That if, I'm, he, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Mary there, his mother? Yeah, Mary. Mary with him. Mary, the mother of Jesus. No, no, I understand that. No, no. Well, yes. Else, yeah. But she was besides Mary Magdalene. Yeah, I get it. But she, she was, she didn't need to be converted, right? Mary Magdalene. I'm talking about people who were converted, oh, converted like Zacchaeus, the lady. You know that leper, the the who came back and said thank you. Is there anybody I think who what? joined, like like he said, Zacchaeus wasn't mentioned anymore after this, no. right? The lady who touched his cloak wasn't mentioned anymore after this. The leper who came back and thanked. Never, right. Is there anyone who who after their conversion joined the posse and kept with them and was mentioned more than I once? I think the Pharisee who paid for Jesus. What was his name? Uh, Nicodemus and yeah, those, yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I called Nicodemus a follower. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we don't, we don't, there's only certain people that we know like their names, they're named, but you know, there were disciples other than the 12 apostles who who stay with them. So, I mean, and, and it doesn't actually say that Mary Magdalene, you know, followed him everywhere, but we know from like the resurrection account that. That she was one of his like you know devoted disciples, right. um, and so you know I guess we don't actually know uh, you know whether any of the individuals mentioned uh, you know in these specific you know stories and parables if they you know became part of the group of disciples who who followed him along with the apostles, but. Um, <clears throat> Because like the cripple, would, right at the water, didn't, didn't he say, "Get up and follow me"? Didn't he do that? Oh, didn't yeah. he say that? Yeah. yeah. But we don't know his name. I don't think. And he's. Yeah, you would, keep, I'm sorry. Guys. You would assume he he did right. Get up and, and so. follow. Stayed with the group, the band, yeah. right? But uh, yeah. I was just curious because he mentioned it, right? That um, um, you know who. That's a good question. Yeah. I'm just thinking. I wonder if someone uh, seriously is is it literally like someone's compiled a list or scorecard of. Yeah, people they have who Jesus encountered, and maybe they just for Bible reading did they appear somewhere else or no? Was this the end of the road for, in the Bible for them? I don't know. I don't know. Well, he he yeah. mentioned the two only the two people that he could remember, right? Yeah. Nicodemus and um, uh, Joseph Arimathea. Joseph of Arimathea. Well, how about what? What if Jesus appeared right here and said to all of you, "Come follow me"? What would you guys do? That's a good, very good question. Like uh, starting today, what would you guys do? What does follow mean? Leave, leave your entire family, possessions, everything. That's what Peter did. And, the, well, I don't know if it's in Scripture, but I'm going back to the Chosen. Um, according to the Chosen, his wife was okay with it. <laughs> because because the, the, way they per, like, the, the, the way they do it is um, she was 
just like everybody else, in shock. This is this is actually the person who we've been waiting for for hundreds of years. She's you know she heard the miracles that he was performing, but that's just how they portray it. <laughs> oh, I actually, I actually, all my life, I've actually wanted that to happen. Like just What's that? for Jesus to come here and yeah. oh and ask me to follow him. Really? Oh my God! All my life, you know, yeah. even as a married person, as he's calling you right now. So he's calling you right now. I mean, you'll have you'll have your, however you want to put it. I mean, if you believe in Catholicism, we are to believe that that the Eucharist is Him. So just go to adoration. And if you sit there in silence, it's hard, like, to figure out what He's saying to you. Oh, yeah. I have a tough time with that. I mean, sometimes I, I've had some. I call them epiphanies. I've had several in my lifetime. Feel free. Where I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Here, here, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly share. I, I shared this with somebody the other day. Oh, oh my God, guys! This I think this is divine intervention. I'm in, I'm, I'm in school yesterday. I'm a high school teacher at Pesnell, and by chance I went. There, there was no paper in the second floor teacher room. All right, so all right, I'll go get some on the first floor. And then I run, I run into my buddy John, and we were there for 20 minutes. I just, I just stood there and listened to him. He's just down and out about everything. For him. And for others, it, it used to be where they truly enjoyed teaching, but so much stuff goes on with some of these kids in administration is like the joy is sucked out of you. And he's having a really tough time in terms of staying within the profession. And I figured, uh, I asked him a few questions. He's Jewish, but his family was the family that um, they went to synagogue, came home, and then went back to all the cursing and not treating each other well. It was... I. I I guess some families do that. Yeah, you go to Mass, and then you're giving somebody the finger on the way out after Mass, just because they cut you off in the parking lot. So I really feel it, it was divine intervention yesterday when I just was with John, and I hope it helped him. And I just lost track in terms of what I really wanted to tell you guys. I'm going sorry. with Jesus, walking away with Jesus, following Jesus. Going with Jesus, the epiphany. Oh, the epiphany, yeah. So uh, I might have said this months ago, maybe years ago, in this little small group setting or men's group over at St. John's, but I was on a mission trip in El Salvador. It had to be 2019 or earlier because that's the last one I did. And we do a prayer. We circle up outside the volunteer house and we pray. And we have this book that they have there at the volunteer house. And Lynette is the one who runs it. And I, before she came out, was thinking about the starfish poem, which I probably mentioned here before, where there's a kid on the beach. He throws a starfish into the ocean. And um, he walks a little bit more, does the same thing again. And this guy from a distance comes over, kid, what are you doing? And then he doesn't say a word, picks up another one, throws it into the ocean. He says, there, I just made a difference in the life of that one. Right. So I'm thinking of the starfish poem. And that comes out, okay, guys, turn to page, we'll say 23. By mistake, I turn to page 33. Guess what's on page 33? Starfish. The starfish poem. <laughs> like, are you seriously kidding me? All right, I'm, that's not coincidence. Because I'm just thinking about the poem. And then before she came out, and then I was trying to focus on going to the work site in terms of helping just one person at a time. And just, I learned this over a retreat last weekend is, I feel like I do it, but I need to do more of it, is one-on-one -on -one discipleship. You know? Uh, yeah. I, I just I love that what concept. Happened with, what happened with John? I want to hear what happened with John. Yeah. <laughs> with John? 
Oh, so John, we just head, yeah, yeah, we had that 15, 20 minute conversation. I mean, yeah, the fact that I felt like the spirit was working through me, um, listening to John, and I said, John, we have to continue this. He agrees, so we're going to get coffee at some point. We'll talk more about okay. like I, everything he's going through. Uh, what you were saying reminded me um, that uh, so if if Jesus, I, I kind of have difficulty sometimes because I do want to you know totally follow Jesus. I want to you know. Um, and it would be easy if I knew exactly what he wanted me to do, and, and like, you know, for example, um, I don't know, uh, uh, it, you know, we were kind of talking about, uh, like, you know, discerning our vocations, and like, it's kind of like discerning what our mission on earth is, and, um, you know, so sometimes making a big, uh, you know, uh, yeah, there's like a temptation sometimes of just being like, I'm going to make a big drastic change, and and like you know, quit, quit my job and, and, and follow Jesus and and uh, sometimes I get um, you know sometimes I think about that. But then when you were talking about the starfish poem, is uh, I think a good thing to do is to do little things and then see what happens. You know, because usually when God's working in people's lives, it is more of a slow progression of things. And so, um, like. Uh, I think St. Paul says to, you know, test the spirits and, 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 and hold fast to what is true. And so, and so um, uh, because Jesus is, is not physically here and telling me what to do, I do have to test the spirits and see, like, you know, what it, what it, um, uh, what it is that I'm called to do. And, and so it's, it's difficult, but I, I think um, two pieces of advice, if you want to do that, is you mentioned adoration as, like, just sitting in, in God's presence for the purpose of, of discernment and uh, and contemplating things, and then also uh, doing little things. I think those are two good pieces of advice, um, uh, since we don't have Jesus physically here telling us what to do. <laughs> yeah, to keep to keep going with that in terms of what you feel like your vocation is in terms of your faith. My my second epiphany was. Um, you guys know this, Mark and Keith, because you guys received the retreat from us at St. John's, First Jesus Parish. And it's now called Welcomes through Dynamic Catholic. And But I assume they have the same ten themes. They're called Witness themes, I believe. And my team, who received the retreat from the guys from St. Andrews, um, I was so inspired that weekend over there, this is back in 2015, that I... I felt the spirit working through me to, to be on the next team, to give the next ret retreat. But we, you have to go through formation like you guys know. We went through several months of formation, but during that formation, we're sitting in a room over on St. John's campus, and the 10 themes are on this big whiteboard or whatever it was. And we were asked to pray about which theme we would like to give a talk on. And I did. And then um, I just waited. I decided I am not going to pick one. Let's let all the other guys on my team pick. All right, go to the, so I prayed for this one theme. After all nine were picked, guess which one I got? The one I wanted and mm -hmm. prayed for. I mean, are you kidding me? Out of 10? I know it's a 10% chance. And so it's called Christian awareness. And um, so I, I don't think I have it here. Wait, hold on, guys. Right? Oh, my goodness. I know it's weird. This is my faith bag. Your faith bag. Yeah, I don't care what people think. Just like... My personal commitment to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me, etc., etc. So this is what we received at that particular formation retreat, and so I. So that's when I. I mean, 
Because my, my talk on Christian awareness, I had to think back from when I was born until, until then. So I basically broke my life up into three parts. When I was born up until, um, I think it was um, starting at St. John's about just over 20 years ago. My second part was at St. John's up until, at that time, 2015. And then my third part was from then until, like, the future was going to happen. But um, that's how it worked out for me in terms of what I feel he wants me to do. I'm, I'm good to go because I know exactly what he wants me to do. It goes back to Matthew 25, 31 to 46. It is when the apostles were not sure about, you know, Christ, where do we see you? And it's, you know, when you gave this person something to drink, when you gave this person something to wear or shelter. And so that's my favorite passage. I can't recite it, but I'm just paraphrasing some of the stuff in there. So that's just me. I'm just sharing that with you guys. Barb knows. Only a few people know. But but otherwise, I'll just like do stuff like you, like Scott, Keith, and I did last night. We, we fed the poor. I'm not going to shout in the mountaintops. I don't have to because the, the only person I, well, I know we're focusing on the people where we have to see the, or at least try to see Christ in them. But... Um, like Christ is the one who we're trying to we're, we're trying to have work through us to to help other people. That's what we're trying to. So that's just me. That's my story. Yeah. Another thing that I was reminded of when you were talking is um, uh, a good thing to do when you want to give your life to Jesus is a consecration. You know, like a consecration prayer. Um, have you guys yeah. done any of these consecrations to, mm-hmm. to like to Jesus through Mary and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, so, because I remember in those prayers, you know, you do say that, you know, it's kind of like, I give you my life, you know, you do with it as, as you will, and uh, I forgot that when you were, uh, I guess, reading um, that, that, um, that piece of paper reminded me, somewhere I have my, I did, my brother and I did um, consecration um, uh, to Jesus through Mary, and I used to carry around that piece of paper, and, it, and it's a good uh, reminder. And so sometimes I just have this little prayer that I say to remind myself that um, I say, I'm consecrated to Jesus through Mary, and my life is a prayer. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that reminds me that I've given, I've given God my life, and, and uh, you know, he knows everything about me, and so he'll be able to work through me even, you know, uh, so I don't have to worry about it. Just another quick thing, you were talking about, like, we need to do little things. Totally agree. But go, going back to Malvern Retreat last weekend, the talk that the layperson gave on Saturday night, uh, I, was, I was very moved because, just real quick, this guy, had he's married, has eight kids. He had a picture up there. And um, his, his story is he was an alcoholic. Well, you're always an alcoholic, I guess, when, even when you finish the program. But he's been off of alcohol for years now, which is great. And... This is the Holy Spirit working through my dad to get to me. Check this out. So my dad, well, some of you guys know, uh, because last year the Holy Spirit worked through my dad to get my mom help. Scott knows this. Um, Our friend John, we're not sure what's happening with him right now, but my dad is one who just, he just goes up to people. I get some of that from him. And he was talking to John on the retreat a year ago. And my dad finds out through John that his one sister is down south and is a medical doctor. She contacts people at Penn because I think the first, was it Jefferson, Scott, they first went to the mountain? Yes. Yep. Yeah, things didn't work out at Jefferson. And, like, everything's working out pretty good where my mom's cancer has stayed in her liver. And um, 
It's Who's not, that on? It's not her growing, visit. so it's been one year. She's Has been that been the sister that suggested that yes. switch to that? Yes, she, she made a phone call to people at Penn. Yeah. So she did make the phone call. Yeah, and emails. I, it's divine intervention, I think it is, but I feel like the Spirit was working through him for all that. But getting back to the retreat last weekend, my dad goes up to this guy, Luke, after his talk on Saturday night. My dad comes back, and he right away comes to me and says, here, take one of his cards. He took. I said, Dad, I'll go get one. No, take one. I said, well, I'll, I'll go up and talk to him now. And I thought it was going to be there for like 30 seconds or a minute. I was with him for like about 10, 15 minutes. But um, his story is two and a half years. Maybe he said this, but I missed it in his talk. But for the past two and a half years, I, I said, Luke, you, like, does your wife work now? No. I'm like, okay. Um, so you guys are doing okay financially? Yeah, how are you eating everything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eight kids married, and the oldest what, like mid-teens? The youngest, his like two or three? And uh, he he works for the nonprofit called Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. It's that kiosk, guys, that we have in the church festival. Scott was with me, helped me yesterday. And I said, Luke, I'm, I'm going to be in touch because I've been working with Stewardship for about a year now, just as a volunteer, getting the kiosk going with all these uh, faith books. I said, Luke, I will be in touch because we need to talk more about I need to hear more of your story. Uh, but here's a guy where I don't think that's a little thing. <laughs> the wife stops working, you're still supporting, and you're working for a nonprofit. So for the past two and a half years, he has he and his buddy, there's only two of them. And I'm thinking, wait, maybe I can join them. I didn't tell him that <laughs> soon because I'm trying to figure out what's happening after teaching in terms of our faith, what to do with it. And... Uh, all he has done with his buddy in the past two and a half years is visited uh, actually just over 100 schools, ca just Catholic schools in Philadelphia, Harrisburg, and Allentown. And all they do is they go into these places and they promote their, their faith materials, and they also teach about like our Catholic faith. He made, the, the only thing he said was adoration. They teach the kids adoration. They actually have adoration with the kids. But um, I think that, like, little things, I agree. I, I, do, I try to do that, but... I thought that was like a really big thing, the fact that wife stops working for two and a half years, he's supporting eight kids and a wife um, with working for a nonprofit. So that kind of really helped me. <laughs> you better have faith there. That's oh my goodness. That's uh, major faith, uh, yeah. It uh, looks like we have just two minutes left. Say, um, an hour today? Yeah, I guess so. Um, you guys want to just mention some prayer intentions real quick and then we'll, then we'll yeah, say an hour, Father. Uh, uh, Bill, I know you were saying your brother. Well, I got all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I, I got slammed with four different things last week. Okay, well, well, we'll, we'll pray for my flight back okay. to the Midwest and pray for my work situation and pray for our son. And, okay. you know, I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay, we'll keep Thank all you. your all your prayer intentions. Thank you. Um, oh, and I just. So um, today I'm going to see Grace, my daughter, young, youngest daughter. Um, haven't spoken to her in three months. Yeah, she's in Jackson Hole. No, that's the oldest one. The one that we, the one that was at the <coughs> yeah. picnic. Yeah, she, something got in her craw. She, it's not friends with me anymore. And, mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to go tonight to a show with her down to Pittman, which we had planned like five months ago. So. Uh, pray just to pull Zach and take me. This is just, uh, 
Uh, maybe we can do the other prayer intentions offline. Uh, we can just say a quick Our Father and, and end okay. it. Um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 